new Twitter Russiagate files, new Biden classified files on this special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 322 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Thursday, January 12th, 2023. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time. A lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines, including dropping dead. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners Most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com. And click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. All right, we have been following two big stories. One is the classified documents that keep on showing up at Joe's, Joe Biden's office or home. And the other is the fact that Elon Musk has let a number of independent journalists comb through Twitter files and release what they find. So we're going to get to the latest on Biden and his thievery, his corruption. But I want to start out with Matt Taibbi over on Substack, a guy that a lot of liberal journalists are very, very envious of. And you know... It's a sin to covet. Here we go. This was released about lunchtime, 1229 p.m. Eastern, on Thursday, January 12th, 2023. Thread, Twitter files number 14, The Russiagate Lies. One, the fake tale of Russian bots and the release the memo Hashtag. At a crucial moment in a years-long furor, Democrats denounced a report about flaws in the Trump-Russia investigation, saying it was boosted by Russian bots and Russian trolls. Twitter officials were aghast, finding no evidence of Russian influence, and he has screenshots. He's got a screenshot from a letter from Twitter to the Honorable Dianne Feinstein and the Honorable Adam Schiff, both the top Democrats and the intelligence committees of the Senate or the House. Um, And he has quotes from the screenshots. We are feeding congressional trolls. Not any significant 
activity connected to Russia. Putting the cart before the horse, assuming this is propaganda or bots. Twitter warned politicians and media the not only lacked evidence but had evidence the accounts weren't Russian and were roundly ignored. Yeah, I guess that meant they not only lacked evidence. Yeah, but they had evidence the accounts weren't Russian and they're roundly ignored by the Democrat politicians. On January 18th, 2018, Republican Devin Nunes submitted a classified memo to the House Intel Committee detailing abuses by the FBI and obtaining FISA surveillance authority against Trump-connected figures, including the crucial role played by the infamous Steele dossier. The Nunes assertions would virtually all be verified in a report by Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz, December 2019. Nonetheless, national media in January and early February of 2018 denounced the Nunes report in oddly identical language, calling it a joke. So we got Joy Reid, MSNBC, two ex-DOJ officials on Nunes' memo, quote, a bad joke, unquote. We have Andrea Mitchell quoted in TheHill.com, Nunes has turned House Intel Committee, quote, into a joke, unquote. We've got uh, Greg Sargent and Paul Waldman on the op-ed page of the Washington Post, Quoting Adam Schiff, the Nunes memo is out. It's a joke and a sham. And then from something, ex-RNC chairman, I guess that's going to be Michael Steele, rips Nunes' memo for the joke it is. The, the onion is mad. You're stealing their material. Matt Taibbi says, on January 23, 2018, Senator Dianne Feinstein, Democrat California and Congressman Adam Schiff, Democrat California, published an open letter saying the hashtag gained the immediate attention and assistance of social media accounts linked to Russian influence operations. And he's got the screenshot from their letter. Feinstein and Schiff said the Nunes memo distorts classified information but note they didn't call it incorrect. Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal, oh yeah, Denang Dick, the guy that stolen valor about Vietnam, he followed suit publishing a letter saying, we find it reprehensible that Russian agents have so eagerly manipulated innocent Americans. Feinstein, Schiff, Blumenthal, and media members all pointed to the same source, the Hamilton 68 dashboard created by former FBI counterintelligence official Clint Watts under the auspices of the Alliance for Securing Democracy. Now, that dashboard, which featured a crude picture of Vladimir Putin obviously or deviously uh, blowing evil red Twitter birds into the atmosphere, was vague in how it reached its conclusions. Inside Twitter, executives panned Watts, Hamilton 68, in the Alliance for Securing Democracy. Two key complaints. Hamilton 68 seemed to be everyone's only source, and no one was actually checking with Twitter. Global Policy Communications Chief and future White House 
And National Security Council spokesperson Emily Horn said, I encourage you to be skeptical of Hamilton 68's take on this, which as far as I can tell is the only source for these stories. She added, it's a communications play for Alliance for Securing Democracy. Trust and Safety Chief Yoel Roth, certainly no conservative, hard-left liberal, says all the swirl is based on Hamilton. Policy Vice President Carlos Mangi said if ASD isn't going to fact-check with us, we should feel free to correct the record on their work. Now, Roth couldn't find any Russian connection to the hashtag release the memo at all. He said, I just reviewed the accounts that posted the first 50 tweets with hashtag release the memo, and none of them show any signs of affiliation to Russia. So, here's the quote. We investigated, found that engagement as overwhelmingly overwhelmingly organic and driven by VITs, stands for very important tweeters, including WikiLeaks, and then Congressman Steve King, a staffer for DiFi, Diane Feinstein, agreed it would be helpful to know how Hamilton 68 goes by the process by which they decide an account is Russian, but only after Senator Feinstein published her letter about Russian influence. When Twitter spoke to a Blumenthal staffer, they tried to wave him off because, quote, we don't believe these are bots, unquote. Another added, it might be worth nudging Blumenthal's staffer that it could be in his boss's best interest not to go out there because it could come back to make him look silly. One Twitter executive even tried to negotiate, implying an undisclosed future PR concession if Blumenthal would lay off on this. Quote, it seems like there are other wins we could offer him, unquote. Blumenthal published his letter anyway. Executives at Twitter eventually grew frustrated over what they saw as a circular process. Presented with claims of Russian activity, even when denied, led to more claims of Russian activity. They expressed this explicitly to Blumenthal's camp, saying, Twitter spent a lot of resources on this request, and the reward from Blumenthal shouldn't be round after round of requests. We can't do a user notice each time this happens. Eventually, Twitter staff realized Blumenthal isn't looking for real and nuanced solutions, but just wants to get credit for pushing us further. Ultimately, senior Twitter executives talked about, quote, feeding congressional trolls, unquote, and compared their situation to the children's book, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. Now, in the story, if you give a mouse a cookie, he'll want a glass of milk, which will lead to a wave of other exhausting requests, at the end of which he'll want a glass of milk and one more cookie. The metaphor for the endless Russia request was so perfect. One executive wrote, I'm legit embarrassed I didn't think of that first. Despite universal internal conviction that there were no Russians in the story. Twitter went on to follow a slavish pattern of not challenging 
Russia claims on the record. Outside counsel from D.C.-connected firms like Deba Voice and Plimpton advised Twitter to use language like, quote, with respect to particular hashtags, we take seriously any activity that may represent an abuse of our platform, unquote. And they have screenshots now. They have screenshots for these memos, for these letters. Matt Taibbi continues, as a result, reporters from the Associated Press to Politico to NBC to Rolling Stone continue to hammer the Russian bots theme despite a total lack of evidence. Okay, screenshot here from the AP. Tom Lobianco and Matt O'Brien, January 22nd, 2018. Headline, Russian Twitter accounts push hashtag release the memo, conservative meme, researchers say. Here's another quote. Release the memo is now the top trending hashtag among Russian bots and trolls on Twitter and other platforms, according to the German Marshall Fund's Hamilton 68 website, which tracks Russian influence campaigns. U.S. News and World Report. Nail in the coffin for Nunes memo. The Democrat response to the GOP memo on FBI surveillance adds new details to the case against Nunes and the Russia investigation by Robert Schlesinger, managing editor for Opinion, U.S. News and World Report. Rolling Stone. Bob Moser, of all people. Headline, release the memo. What's the conspiracy behind the right-wing meme? Subhead, Republicans claim a secret document reveals a Hillary Clinton plot worse than Watergate, and they're getting a big boost from Russian bots. And a big picture here of uh, Devin Nunes. Matt Taibbi continues, Russians weren't just blamed for the release the memo hashtag, but the Schumer shutdown hashtag, the Parkland shooting hashtag, and even the gun control now hashtag to widen the divide, according to the New York Times. And they have a big um, screenshot here, New New York Times story, headline, after Florida school shooting, Russian bot army pounced, Subheadline, a weekend gun control rally in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, one hour after news of the school shooting in nearby Parkland spread. Twitter accounts that researchers have linked to Russia shifted their focus to the gun control debate. Saul Martinez from the New York Times. Matt Taibbi continues. Regarding the Schumer shutdown and release the memo hashtags, the internal guidance from Twitter was, Both hashtags appear to be organically trending. Okay. Matt Taibbi continues. NBC, Politico, AP, New York Times, Business Insider, and other media outlets who played up the Russian bots story, even Rolling Stone, all declined to comment for this story. The staffs of Dianne Feinstein, Adam Schiff, and Richard Blumenthal also declined to comment. Who did comment? Devin Nunes. He said Schiff and the Democrats falsely claimed Russians were behind the release the memo hashtag all my investigative work by spreading the Russia collusion hoax. They instigated one of the greatest outbreaks of mass delusion in U.S. history. So they said the Russians were behind Devin Nunes' investigative work. 
Matt Taibbi continues, This release the memo hashtag episode is just one of many in the Twitter files. The Russiagate scandal was built on the craven dishonesty of politicians and reporters who for years ignored the absence of data to fictional scare headlines. This is amazing. And he says, for more, keep watching Michael Schellenberger, Barry Weiss, L.H. Fong, David Zweig, Alex Berenson, and more. And read Matt Taibbi's Substack articles for more on why America needs truth and reconciliation on Russiagate. And by the way, he says Twitter had no editorial input on the story. Searches were carried out by third parties so the documents could be limited. All right, well, now, wait a minute. Let's, um, let's look at this. Let's check out his substack. America needs truth and reconciliation on Russiagate. Matt Taibbi. He says, a new thread today in the Twitter files is about a fake news story from early 2018, and he links to the thread I just shared with you. He says, remember this one? Russian bots and trolls were blamed by virtually every major news organization in the country for amplifying the hashtag release a memo. The files contain a mass of emails from executives blowing up this ridiculous story once and for all. The release the memo hashtag scandal was one of the more shameful episodes in the recent history of our media, but taken seriously by all but one or two mainstream editors at the time, all of them citing the same dubious source, the Hamilton 68 dashboard, trumpeted by former FBI counterintelligence official and current MSNBC contributor Clint Watts. They insisted Russians deployed Twitter bot armies to whip up cyber support for Republican Congressman Devin Nunes. Now, Nunes had just released a classified memo alleging Democrats and the FBI used the infamous paid oppositional research dossier of ex-spy Christopher Steele to obtain secret FISA surveillance authority on Trump-connected figures like Carter Page, among other improprieties. We now know Twitter internally found no evidence, as in zero evidence, that Russians were anywhere near the story. In a fit of pique, P-I-Q-U-E, that means he's upset, y'all, Trust and Safety Chief Yoel Roth, who in all other respects was as loyal a Democrat partisan as can be imagined. In this respect, he wrote, I just reviewed the accounts that posted the first 50 tweets with the release the memo hashtag. None of them show any signs of affiliation to Russia. A second person said these hashtags are organic. A third one says, not seeing it. Talking about any Russian influence. This is a constant theme in the Twitter files. In addition to revelations about FBI censorship, shadow banning, Pentagon use of fake accounts, and suppression of true information about issues like COVID-19. The Twitter emails regularly expose the wide delta between what we were told about foreign threats and what a major platform seeing the raw data knew. Now, in this case, for instance, the release the memo hashtag reportedly originated with Tracy Beans, B-E-A-N-Z, 
the clearly American editor of Uncover DC. Even within the heavily partisan culture at Twitter, the regular Russia, Russia, Russia claims by politicians and media and self-serving pursuit of headlines caused eyes to roll. One Twitter executive said, Members look foolish if they cry Russia every time something happens on social media. Matt Taibbi continues, We have a lot of problems in this country, and there are serious arguments to be had between blue and red about all sorts of issues from immigration to the wealth gap to abortion and race. But the country is currently paralyzed by distrust of the media that runs so deep that it prevents real dialogue, and that situation cannot be resolved until the corporate press swallows its pride and admits the clock has finally run out on its seven years of loony Russia conspiracies. He says, it's over, you nitwits. It's time to stow the Mueller votive candles, cop to the coverage pileup created by years of errors, and start the reconciliation process. Now, you'll be tempted to shout, oh, liberal media ones, you'll be tempted to shout, but Trump, stop the steal, QAnon, derp, don't do it. Don't be the Japanese soldier still clutching a bayonet to defend the forgotten atoll In 1960, forget Trump. You need to clean your own house first. Expunging the years of absurd deceptions has to happen if media companies ever want wide audiences to trust them again. And that starts with admitting the obvious screw-ups like this case. Man, I tell you what, you know, Matt Taibbi's no conservative. He's a liberal. But he is a journalist. And every once in a while, one of these guys on the other side makes a good point, and this guy just did. So it's an honor to share it with you. I mean, you know what it reminds me of? Before the Twitter files started falling, somebody had written an article in the Intercept magazine, or maybe it was right after the first Twitter files fell. A couple of guys wrote an article in the Intercept. Now, the Intercept is kind of a left-wing outfit. You're not going to confuse it for anything conservative or right-wing. And this guy, Lee Fong, F-A-N-G, who eventually did one of the Twitter files later on, He was one of the two guys that wrote this article on The Intercept. They were concerned about the intel community colluding with big tech to censor people's free speech. And Lee Fong over on Twitter, about the same time, he said, you know, the whole thing about um, First Amendment right to free speech has always been kind of a big deal for people on the left, for liberals. He said, however, at this point... Because this scenario about First Amendment right to free speech is connected to people on the right, to conservatives, most liberals are like, yeah, I don't care. He said, which just goes to show that most people are more concerned about tribalism, their tribe, than they are having principles. 
And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. Knock me over with a leaf. A liberal journalist putting some truth out there. Good grief. That's that doesn't you don't see that every day. But I'll take it where I can get it because it's true. You know, it's just like if I'm on social media and somebody prints a claim about a liberal, which it wouldn't surprise me if it were true, but they don't, you know, provide any verification. And all these people are going, see, I told you, I knew it, I knew it. And I'm like, um, could you give me a link? Can you, you got any proof on that? What's the matter with you? You some kind of liberal? No, I just want to make sure this is true because, I mean, I know enough real bad stuff about this person that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this is true. But I hope nobody's making something up about him because the real bad stuff's bad enough. That's all. But people are like, they don't care. They just, you know, whose side are you on anyway? Well, I'm on the side of the truth. So anyway, um, so we got to get to the um, all the lying, the classified files and all the lying. And the fact that, um, well, I didn't know, is not a legal defense, if you catch my drift. So that's coming straight up. Look, let me tell you something. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage. You may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. Now, you can buy online, and they will drive it to you, no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically. So you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental USA, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. Now, as you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone Get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating my pillow, the best pillow ever. Mike also created the best bed sheets ever. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. 
My wife and I just love sleeping on our Giza Dream bed sheets and our my pillows. Now Mike is offering the best deal ever on his Giza Dreams bed sheets. You can get a set of Giza sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. The first night you sleep on these sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You can get a set of Giza sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight just by using promo code DWS. And right now, a set of pillowcases for only nine ninety eight. In this economy, instead of buying a new bed, rejuvenate your bed with a My Pillow mattress topper for as low as ninety nine ninety nine. My Pillow also has blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles, like plush, waffle, or gossamer, for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. Get huge discounts on duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. Use that promo code DWS, and you'll get huge discounts on all my pillow bedding, including my pillow Giza Dream sheets for just twenty nine ninety eight. Mike's other passion is to support American entrepreneurs and bring manufacturing back to the good old USA. For years, people approached Mike Lindell with great products but had no way of marketing them. MyStore.com was created to give those people a voice and a platform to bring you their amazing products made right here in the USA. MyStore.com has all kinds of great deals on automotive products bath and beauty, books and video, clothing, decor items, food and drink, garden and patio, health, home improvement, household essentials, kitchen and dining, personal care, sports and outdoors, toys and games, and so much more. I'm wearing my new My Slippers moccasins even as we speak. I had no idea slippers could feel this good. Right now, save up to $90 on my slippers, slip-ons and moccasins. Marked down to just forty nine ninety eight by using promo code DWS. Not only that, Mike is having the biggest closeout sale ever on his sandals and slides for as low as nineteen ninety eight. Now, what makes my slippers different is Mike's exclusive four layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers' patented layers make them ultra comfortable. Extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. You can wear them anytime, anywhere. I recently, a couple of weeks ago, had to go grocery shopping. It was 15 degrees and broad daylight where I live. I wore my My Slippers moccasins with no socks, and my feet did not get cold. So remember to get these great deals on My Slippers. On the MyPillow bedding, on stuff at mystore.com or mypillow.com, you got to use promo code DWS. Now, also remember that does not stand for that washed up Democrat politician, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. No, 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 no. It stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com, mystore.com. Quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code D-W-S. All right, now, they keep on finding more classified documents, you know? And of all people, 
liberal law professor, Jonathan Turley, over there at the New York Post, has an article entitled, Don't Buy Biden's So-Called Surprise. Classified documents were moved at least twice with a reported discovery of a second batch of highly classified documents connected to Joe Biden, the decisions of Attorney General Merrick Garland are fast moving from inexplicable to incomprehensible. Now, I think this is before he named the special counsel, so just stick with me here. Garland was presumably briefed that classified documents were discovered in Joe Biden's old office November 2nd. He also presumably knew about the Biden documents when, okay, he did. When he appointed a special counsel to investigate the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago 16 days later. Oh, I see. I see where we're going with this. At the time, at the time of the appointment of special counsel Jack Smith to look into the Trump situation, some of us noted the inexplicable refusal of A.G. Garland to appoint a special counsel to look into alleged Biden influence peddling and other crimes. Garland continued to refuse such an appointment, even as he justified the appointment of Jack Smith on the basis that Donald Trump was running for the presidency. Well, I mean, Joe Biden currently resides in the Oval Office, so what's the difference? Turley continues, Biden, Biden, meanwhile, is feigning ignorance, simply saying he was surprised the documents were there. By not discussing the content of the documents, Biden minimizes his vulnerability to charges of obstruction, of, or, obstruction or false statements. He can simply declare surprise, knowing that many in the media will welcome his silence as they spin the scandal. Despite the lack of information, the press and pundits have already declared there is no real national security danger, and certainly no comparison to Mar-a-Lago. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, Democrat, Houston, Texas, declared there is no comparison. They were in a locked closet. They were not accessible. So that's the standard? A locked closet? The Mar-a-Lago storage room was locked, and later the security was enhanced at the request of the FBI. It's fair to note Trump and his staff are accused of false statements and obstruction. However, that does not change the same alleged crime of unlawful removal and possession. Now, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Turley, come on. Trump could declassify anything he wanted to. Biden couldn't. But I digress. Biden is taking a page from the Hillary Clinton playbook. Recall the long-sought Whitewater documents. After the case was effectively over, they suddenly appeared. The New York Times called the documents elusive, as if they moved by their own free will. Hillary was also surprised by the discovery of the documents after they could not be used as part of the earlier investigation. There's some obvious explanations for the documents being present in the office, particularly given Biden's work on a book that discussed his work in some of the reference countries like Ukraine. However, even that explanation raises more questions. For example, Biden left office as vice president January 2017 and had an office at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia after finishing his term until 2019. But on February 8, 2018, the Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement says 
it finally opened its doors in Washington, D.C. So if these documents were removed when Biden left office, where were they in the prior year? And were they moved repeatedly before they ended up in the Washington office? This does not appear to be a one-and-done mistake. Rather, documents may have been at various locations over a five-year period. None of this could be clarified with Biden simply expressing surprise. Surprise! The FBI has two... <laughs> FBI! Ha, ha, ha! Oh, give me a break. All right, I, I think I've collected myself. The FBI has two immediate tasks. Secure the highly classified documents and then determine whether they may have been compromised. Consider that Biden notably did not categorically deny asking for the documents to be taken at the end of his term as vice president. He also did not explain when he was briefed after they were found. Democrats in the media are eager to wave this away and move on, but as the statements of Garland and Biden show, there are many questions that need answering. The discovery of new classified documents only magnifies those unanswered questions. Jonathan Turley, attorney and professor at George Washington University Law School, article there at the New York Post entitled, Don't Buy Biden's So-Called Surprise, Classified Documents Removed at Least Twice. Oh, my goodness. So, a lot of people are talking about this. Um, Let's go over to uh, Red State. Redstate.com, 6.15 p.m. Eastern, Thursday, January 12th is when this dropped. Third find of Biden classified documents shows how bad the problem is. And Nicarama says it's starting to get hard to keep up with all the classified documents that Joe Biden has left strewn all over the place. I wanted to clarify the alleged timing of the various fines. As we've already reported, there was the cash that was found at the Penn Biden Center locked in a closet. by the personal attorney, who just happened to be clearing out Biden's old office. Then there was a second set that we reported on earlier, which was found in his garage near his Corvette. Uh, That's the one that Biden commented on and said that the documents were safe because they were kept in a locked garage near his Corvette. He got decimated by George Washington Law School professor Jonathan Turley, who mocked his claim of a Corvette standard noting that wasn't a viable excuse. A campaign video also showed how insecure the garage truly looked. That second set was supposedly found on December 20th. Now, we mentioned another document found in the Biden residence in Wilmington. That's a third find that wasn't found on December 20th. That supposedly was just found out, and the DOJ was just notified about it Thursday, January 12th. Oh, my goodness. Breaking. DOJ confirms to Fox News of a confirmed third discovery of classified documents mishandled by Joe Biden in his private residence. So we're going to hear from uh, Sandra Smith, uh, John Roberts, and Andrew McCarthy. 
Jonathan, um, our team just got off the phone with a senior official at the Department of Justice uh, weighing in on this point um, that we appear to be able to confirm that that is correct, that a third discovery uh, was a single document. According to this official to Fox News, the DOJ just found out about that one this morning, and it was found at his residence. So we're just going to hear from Sandra, but John Roberts and Jonathan Turley are both sitting there looking like, Okay, wait, what? What? But I digress. Redstate.com continues Nicarama here. He says, so now, not only did they cover up the November find before the election, but when they first told us about that on Monday, uh, January 9th, they didn't even mention the second set of documents found in the garage, which they already knew about. On top of this, Attorney General Merrick Garland said he had appointed a U.S. attorney to look into this on November 10th. So why weren't we told about that back in November? This is a festival of lying and cover-up imploding right in front of us. Professor Turley raises a great point at this juncture, given what a mess this is. And his great point, why are Biden's private attorneys still allowed to root through everything? And here's the embedded tweet from Jonathan Turley. It is unclear why personal counsel and not the FBI, was searching through this material given the earlier filings and disclosures. There also would appear to be a third discovery of classified material. Nicarama continues at Red State, shouldn't there be the FBI at their side at this point to make sure the things aren't being destroyed or covered up? Turley also notes that not only well, they kept in unsecured locations, but they've probably moved around to more than one place. And he links to the article we just shared with you. Not to mention all the people that may have had access to them in the house, in the garage, at the Penn Biden Center. Wherever else the documents may have been since Biden wrongly removed them from the White House years ago. We're also saying six years since he left being vice president. But these documents may not have been removed at the end of his time as VP. They could have been taken over all the time he was in office as VP. So it could have been a lot longer than six years. Talk about a mess. I mean, that's what I call a mess. Yeah, I mean, who knows? He links to his own article over here from noon, January 12th, noon Eastern, entitled It's Heating Up, More Questions About the Penn-Biden Center and Hunter Biden. Hunter! Hunter! He says, we saw reporters ask White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre some very important questions about the classified documents that were found at Joe Biden's office at the Penn-Biden Center. Then even more classified documents were found. One of the questions reporters asked, and that I think they need to continue to press on, was why was there a personal attorney packing up Biden's old office? The reporter, I think it was from NBC News, what uh, the late, great Rush Limbaugh would call a random act of journalism. The reporter asked if there was a reason an attorney was there and was the attorney looking for something. Karine Jean-Pierre, of course, refused to answer the question. Well, she probably doesn't understand the question. Come on, y'all. But it seems more than a little odd that you would have a high-paid attorney packing up an old office. But you might have an attorney there if someone else 
had discovered the documents and or if you knew there were things to find but you weren't sure where they were. So that's why I think they need to keep asking that question. It's also important because of all the other people related to the Penn-Biden Center from the Biden administration. Nicarama says, I wrote about some of those folks, including Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and White House Counselor Steve Reschetti on Thursday. Not to mention the connections that the University of Pennsylvania has to donations from China. Exactly how many people had access to that office and potentially to those documents. And now we have to ask that question about the other documents as well. The Biden team appears too afraid to even mention where those other documents were found, which makes me think that must also be pretty bad. This is before they admitted about the garage Okay, and in the house. He says, but now there's a new twist to the story, and of course it involves Hunter Biden. The Penn-Biden Center was opened February 2018, but it was long in discussion while Biden was still vice president, according to emails from Hunter's laptop, and there was some discussion of Hunter having an office at the Penn-Biden Center. Here from an email. On April 25, 2016, creative artist agency agent Craig Gehring emailed Hunter with confidential notes from our meeting in which Gehring listed apparent plans that were discussed for the vice president upon leaving office. One of those plans included wealth creation with no further explanation, and another included an apparent reference to the Penn-Biden Center in Washington, D.C. with a possible job opportunity for Hunter. Gehring's email read, the Biden Institute of Foreign Relations at the University of Pennsylvania. Focus on foreign policy. In addition to the institute at U of Penn, the school has an existing office in D.C. that will be expanded to house a D.C. office for VP Biden and Mike, Hunter, and Steve? Question mark. Operates like the Clinton Global Initiative without the money raise. Hunter then confirmed Gehring's notes but emphasized that they needed to be very confidential because they were not set in stone. Hunter replied, yes, in theory, that's the way I would like to see it shake out, but please keep this very confidential between us because nothing has been set in stone and there's still a lot of sensitivity around all of this, both internally and externally. He hasn't made any decisions, and this could all be changed overnight. Nicarama continues here in his Red State article 10 days earlier. The laptop showed an email reflecting a meeting scheduled at the White House between Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and University of Pennsylvania President Amy Gutman. Really? Hunter's meeting with his dad, the vice president, and the president of University of Pennsylvania at the White House while Joe is still vice president. Really? Then after Biden left the vice presidency, he was named a quote, professor, unquote, University of Pennsylvania, where he was paid almost double what a normal professor would get, getting over $776,000 in 2017 and 2018, despite never teaching a class and just giving a few talks on the campus. Then, this year, Gutman was confirmed in February to be ambassador to Germany. Wow. So this raises more questions about contacts 
with the Biden Center. Did Hunter have an office? Were the documents found in Joe's office? Republicans are now calling for special counsel, particularly after more classified documents were found. And they got the special counsel, but the special counsel is a long-time partisan Democrat hack. I mean, I mean, there's no way around that. And I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Yeah. We've only just begun. It is a crazy world we live in. And I've been talking about how the world is going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, and sky-high gas prices, and woke corporations that stand against everything we believe in. We all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic, while so many little guys, small business owners, regular people, were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off, while mom-and-pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company. Now, finally, we can shop Factory Direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. SwitchToAmerica.com is helping Americans walk away from the big box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America was created, with regular folks like you and me in mind. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives. A lot of Patriot influencers have come on board. I'm inviting you to join with fellow Patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We're done with the woke globalist operation against humanity. Each of us can take market share away from these businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned Made in America. The website is switchtoamerica.com. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. And now, an even more exciting addition is fresh American-raised beef. Raised in the mountains near the Yellowstone, this beef is known as never ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics or hormones. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. SwitchToAmerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to switchtoamerica.com. When it asks how you heard about us, click on my name, Doc Washburn, plug in your info, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Switchtoamerica.com. Now, I am delighted to share with you the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, psoriasis, migraines? The Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you even if you don't live in Arkansas. 
Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, and it's never come back. I had pretty bad migraines, too, year-round. I got my atlas adjusted, they went away. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, psoriasis, migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped me, they've helped my wife, they've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation, 501-279-2009. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, go to the tab that says Find a Doctor Near You, and I sure hope you can. All right, now, would you like to start saving some money on your monthly cell phone bill while doing the right thing at the same time? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile has plans fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes as well as multi-line users. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Now, if you're a conservative-owned business, tired of seeing your hard-earned dollars go to corporate woke agendas, Patriot Mobile now offers competitive business plans to suit companies of any size. So switch to Patriot Mobile Business. Learn more at business.patriotmobile.com or call their 100% U.S.-based member services team at 469-FREEDOM. Use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. That's business.patriotmobile.com or just call 469-FREEDOM. All right, this whole Biden classified documents deal, Senator John Kennedy sums up the Biden classified doc scandal as only he can. Here he is with John Robertson, Sandra Smith. Well, I, I just find all of this surreal. It, it's um, 
It's almost like watching a Quentin Tarantino movie. I I suppose my first thought is that uh, all of this is yet one more example of why in Washington, D.C., if it were not for double standards, there wouldn't be any standards at all. Uh, I'm not surprised that the Attorney General has appointed a special counsel. I'm not sure he had a choice. Um, The White House has tried, and the White House doesn't have enough hazmat suits to clean up this mess. Aside from the obvious that uh, the Justice Department is investigating President Trump for something that President Biden himself may have done, There are a lot of other intriguing questions for the inspector general. Number one, was there a Um, cover-up? The powers that be have known about all this since November 2nd. It's now the middle of January. Was there a cover-up? Who was involved? Number two, what's the role of the University of Pennsylvania uh, Biden Center in all of this? The, um, The Penn Biden Center is not some normal Ivy League think tank. It was we now know that it's in Washington DC. It was a hangout, a clubhouse for President Biden and his people before they were inaugurated. And allegedly it is funded with tens of millions of dollars uh, from China. What what's up with that? Um, number three, what's the role of the National Archives in all of this? The, the National Archives was scathingly critical of President Trump and his documents. Uh, they've known about all this since November 2nd or 3rd. Um, they've been missing in action with respect to President Biden and his documents. You, 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 uh, you couldn't have found them with a search party. We still haven't heard from them. What's up with that? And I guess my fourth question is, um, did any member of Congress know about this? I didn't. And if some of my colleagues knew about it, I'd I'd like to know why I didn't. Wow. He's got some questions. Again, a hat tap to Nicarama over at Red State for having that embedded in in his article. Boy, he's been writing a lot of articles. Entitled, Senator John Kennedy sums up the Biden classified docs scandal as only he can. All right, now, let me... um, Let me share with you Merrick Garland's announcement when he announced the appointment of attorney, U.S. attorney, former U.S. attorney, Robert Hur to serve as special counsel to review the Biden documents. It goes something like this. For the private sector. U.S. Attorney Lausch and his team of prosecutors and agents have conducted this initial investigation with professionalism and speed. I am grateful to them. Earlier today, I I signed an order appointing Robert Hur a special counsel for the matter I've just described. The document authorizes him to investigate whether any person or entity violated the law in connection with this matter. The special counsel will not be subject to the day-to-day supervision of any official of the department, but he must comply with the regulations, procedures, and policies of the department. Mr. Herr has a long and distinguished career as a prosecutor. In 2003, he joined the department's criminal division, where he worked on counterterrorism. Okay, so that's where it cuts off. 
So Greg Price is the guy who has the uh, the embedded video there on his tweet. Greg Price, senior digital strategist over at X Strategies LLC, and he says hers background. He was a top aide to Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and was special assistant and counsel to now FBI Director Christopher Wray when he was an assistant attorney general at the DOJ. So in other words, the guy's a hack. Now let's see what Cash Patel, who I've interviewed on this show before, let's see what Cash Patel tells Steve Bannon over at War Room on Real America's Voice about Robert Herr. Important thing I'm going to say tonight. This guy, Herr, needs to be the first one subpoenaed by the new special select committee under Jim Jordan's authority on the weaponization of government. And do you want to know why? Because Herr, we have the receipts, Steve, and we're going to release them later, was sending communications to the Justice Department and Rod Rosenstein's crew arguing against the release of the Nunes memo saying that it would bastardize and destroy the United States national security apparatus. This guy is a swamp monster of the tier one level. He's a government gangster. He's now in charge of the continued crime scene cover-up, which is why the first congressional subpoena that has to go out for the weaponization of government subcommittee is against her. All right, now, the Nunes memo was the one that proved the Russiagate thing was all a hoax. And Robert Hur's like, no, 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 no. No, that's awful. You can't let that get out. Really? All right. Now let's go to Miranda Devine. She's the one who had the story in October of 2020 in the New York Post that was censored by all the social media. Remember? About Hunter's laptop? She's the one that wrote the book, Laptop from Hell. Miranda Devine says... Remember when Hunter asked his building manager to cut new keys for a new office mates, Joe Biden, Jill Biden, Jim Biden, Gong Win Dong, and Chairman Yi, the emissary from the CEFC, and a new office signed the Biden Foundation Hudson West, CEFC US? If CEFC partner Patrick Ho hadn't been arrested, oh my goodness then Joe Biden would have been stashing these classified documents in an office he shared with the capitalist arm of the Chinese Communist Party's Belt and Road Initiative, backed by Communist Chinese Party intelligence. Why do you think the FBI and CIA worked so hard to bury our laptop stories? They knew the truth was lethal to their preferred candidate. Why were Biden's lawyers combing through his personal papers ahead of the midterms anyway, what needed to be found and hidden. Read Miranda Devine's book, Laptop from Hell, Hunter Biden, Big Tech, and the Dirty Secrets the President Tried to Hide. Amazing, isn't it? Mike Davis, former chief counsel for nominations, U.S. Senate Committee on the Judiciary, law clerk for Justin Gorsuch also, Justice Gorsuch also. He's on Twitter here saying, President Biden, oh gosh. He said it, I didn't. I don't call him president. 
let's call him Resident Biden. Resident Biden got caught red-handed for the second time this week stealing stealing classified government records when he was vice president. Naturally, the New York Times blames Republicans. The revelation is sure to intensify Republican attacks. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. So, Jason Foster, founder and president in Power Oversight, formerly chief investigative counsel for Senate Judiciary, who worked with Mike Davis, said, Robert Herr, this new special counsel appointed by Merrick Garland, to look into the Biden case. Robert Herr was also among those the Justice Department ID'd for Justice Office of Inspector General as, quote, officials who handle, participated in, or have personal knowledge of the FBI's relationship and communications with dossier author Christopher Steele. And he's got the screenshot there. Um, Jerry Dunleavy said, some background on newly appointed special counsel Robert Herr, a former Trump-appointed U.S. attorney who also worked for Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein during Robert Mueller's investigation and also worked under now FBI Director... Christopher Ray. Yeah, this is uh, like Cash Patel said. It's part of the cover-up. The great Molly Hemingway, the Federalist, said, are you kidding me? New Biden special counsel involved in FBI's Christopher Steele communications? Yep. Sure is. Now, the question I've kind of had rolling around in the back of my mind, and you might have also, and this is from Red State. Boy, Red State's killing it today. Bob Hogue, Red State. Red State. This dropped 9.15 p.m. Eastern Time, January 12th. Is DocumentGate a Democrat effort to kneecap Biden's re-election plans? You think? He says, as we've reported, classified documents keep popping up. And Joe Biden's think tank, his garage, and now the personal library, his residence. And suddenly he's in potentially big trouble, both legally and politically. Thursday afternoon, Attorney General Merrick Garland announced the appointment of Robert Hur as special prosecutor to investigate the case. If the most partisan and hyper-political attorney general ever is forced to investigate his own boss, you know things are serious. But notice the timing of the revelations. Biden administration has known about some of the documents since at least before the November elections, but the public is just finding out now. Conspiracy theories are flying around the Internet with both the harpies at The View and intellectual midgets like Representative Hank Johnson, Democrat Georgia, who once thought Guam might tip over due to overpopulation, opining that the documents must have been planted. Honest Joe. Honest Joe Biden would never, ever be like Trump and get careless with years-old secret docs concerning Ukraine and Russia. A more interesting theory hitting social media, however, is that this is an orchestrated Democrat plan to get rid of old Joe and prevent him from running for re-election in 2024. Even Democrats can see that he is a diminished Oval Office resident with his barely comprehensible speeches and dreadful approval ratings, they managed to scrape by better than expected in the midterms, but they're terrified Biden could get handily tossed out of office should he choose to run again. 
another run of the top job is just what it has been rumored that he was going to announce in the near future after spending a luxurious vacation on the island of St. Croix with his family to mull over his options. All indications were that the green light was given. Document gate changes all that. Tracy Beans says, I'm just going to say this, but I have no hard evidence to back it up, just experience. This reeks of a setup. There, I said it. Continue. Well, here's Peter Ducey and Biden. Let's see if we can get the audio for you. Classified classified material. Next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. But anyway, yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, But as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents of my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately notified, and the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. I think he's struggling here. Document. So you're going to see. We're going to see all this unfold. I'm confident. Thank you. Very much. Hey, he's going to walk away. He's going to walk away. So um, Bob Hogue over at Red State says, but who benefits with Biden out of the way? Top candidates and media favorites include Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg. Who knows? Maybe Bernie Sanders will try to get the band back together. With candidates like these, however, I would think the Democrats would actually be better off sticking with a mushy-mouthed Biden. How about California Governor Gavin Newsom? He's a terrible governor, but he's telegenic and croaks out just enough gooey, unintelligible sentences that the press worships him. Is that a possibility? Another big winner would be Team Obama. All they wanted was for Biden to beat Donald Trump, then put back on his invisibility cloak and go back to hiding in his basement, leaving White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain and other Obama acolytes to actually run the country. Joe is supposed to just not screw things up and then sail off into the sunset after one term. Nobody actually liked the gaff-prone former vice president. He was just the only one left standing after candidates like Kamala Harris, Buttigieg, and other non-starters flamed out. Garland's DOJ has so blatantly played a one-sided version of justice, meaning use every power of the state to go after Republicans, but simply ignore any malfeasance by Democrats, that it's hard to envision him not just burying this investigation or letting it drag on until after the election. But maybe, just maybe, this scandal will assure the one outcome that both Democrats and Republicans will be pleased to see.
Joe Biden stepping down in 2024. Hey, that's possible. You know, I, I've been wondering about it. I'm glad I'm not the only one that it occurred to. You know, you you like to think that great minds think alike, right? Yeah, because it's time to say, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online the way you want to. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. And today's Tweet of the Day is Kamala Harris. And you're not going to believe what she just said. Well, maybe you will. I convened, and I've convened now at least three times, uh, a group that has is their acronym, CARICOM. It is the Caribbean nations, island nations. In the Western Hemisphere, that is where the Caribbean is, we are also in the Western Hemisphere. They are our neighbors. You got that? It's the Caribbean nations, island nations, and the Western Hemisphere. That is where the Caribbean is. We are also in the Western Hemisphere. They are our neighbors. See, who knew? What would we do without her? She explains all these things to us. That's your tweet of the day brought to you by Red River Your Way. Big thank you to Mitch Ward and the crew at Red River Your Way for sponsoring the tweet of the day each and every day. You've been listening to episode 322 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. And that's the way it is. Thursday, January 12th, 2023.